0: Today, I think, but I'm not sure, that this will be the finale and conclusion to our Unstoppable Series message. And I know that uh, I think it's been an encouragement, it has been an encouragement for me just to go through these series and how God has spoke to me about being unstoppable. We know that we've looked at the Unstoppable Faith series as an unstoppable God, a God that will go to any measures at any lengths to make sure he... you and fashions you and completes you to be more like him and less like us. I love that as we looked at unstoppable congregation, unstoppable church and unstoppable friendships, that we can now look at this and say, wait a minute, we serve an unstoppable God who's so good to us. In that song, it says there's suffering, but we have to remember that in the midst of our suffering, in the midst of our pain, in the midst of our trials and our tribulations, do you, church, believe, do you believe with all your heart that God is still good? See, we get discouraged because things don't go our way. Thank God they don't go our way, because if they did, we'd mess it up. Have you ever taken matters in your own hands and thought, man, alive, I just really screwed that up majorly. We've all been there. We've all, we've all sensed it. We've felt it. But when you let go and you let God and you let him have full control in your life, he completes you and you get to come forth as gold. That's what I love. Now, if you have your Bible, I'm going to do something a little bit different. Today's message, we have three points. And today, I want you to look at the person next to you as we turn to Romans 8, 28. And if you're multitasking, and, uh, but you could do this, look to the person next to you and say, I can, I can, I will. Because here's what it says in Romans eight twenty eight. Now watch this. And we know all things work together for good to them that love God, to them who are called according to His purpose, for whom he did foreknow, he also predestined to be conformed to the image of his Son, that he might be the firstborn among many brethren. Verse 30, moreover, whom he did predestinate, them he also called, and whom he called, then he also justified, and whom he justified, he also glorified. I love the word glorified. Woo! I always like that. Just, th- just think about this. If he's called you to do something, then you have the glory of the Lord on you. You just have to surrender to it, Right? So I love it. it says that he also glorified verse 31. What shall we then say to these things? If God be for us, who shall be? If God be for us, who shall? Amen. He that spared not his own son, but delivered him up for us all, shall he not with him also freely give us all things? Who shall lay anything to the charge of God's elect? It is God that justifies. It is God that declares righteousness. Who is he that condemns or condemneth? It is Christ that died rather than risen again. Who is even at the right hand of God, who also maketh intercession for us. Just a minute, I'll change my mic. Who shall separate us from the love of Christ? Shall tribulation or distress or persecution or famine or nakedness or peril or sword? As it is written, for thy sake we are called all the day long. We are counted as sheep for the slaughter. Nay, in all these things we've been made more than conquerors through him that loved us. For I'm not persuaded, or for I am persuaded, that neither death, nor life, nor angels, nor principalities, nor powers, nor things present, nor things to come, nor height, nor depth, Nor any other creature shall be able to separate us from the love of Christ, which is in Christ Jesus our Lord. You could turn me down just a little bit in the monitors. And let me just do something really quick here. Let me get my act together. Because neither sound, neither mic, neither anything shall separate me from preaching God's word today. Amen? <laughs> that was in Todd chapter 1, verse 1. Okay? All right, are we a little bit better now? I know when I look at my wife and she gives me this look like something's happening, my burning hunk of burning love husband. I knew that's what she was thinking, so I just said it. Let me go back and just glorify the Lord. Are we still ringing a little bit? Okay. Okay. I love that it says here, nor height, nor depth, nor any other creature shall be able to separate us from the love of God, which is in Christ Jesus, our Lord. Today, as we speak on God's unstoppable goodness, I'm going to be focusing on three things. I am, I can, and I will. Now, we're going to take a little journey here because this is... Theology class 101, and I'm going to take you through some scriptures, but we're going to do this together. If you would, please go to Genesis chapter 50, verse 20. Genesis chapter 50, verse 20. And I just want to highlight some things because I believe that for many of us, we talk about God as good all the time, and all the time God is good, but I don't know that we believe Just how good God is. And I want you to see what the scriptures have to say about it. So in Genesis chapter 50, verse 20, it says, But as for you, you thought evil against me, but God meant it unto good. If you have your Bible, if you have your iPhone, your iPad, whatever you might have, highlight it, circle it. God meant it unto good, to bring to pass, as it is this day, to save much people alive. Now what I want you to do is go to Psalm chapter 107, Psalms 107. We're going to look at verse 1. Oh, give thanks unto the Lord, for He is and His mercy endures forever. Woo! He's good. His mercy, His love What does forever mean? It's the same thing that we find in Romans 6.23 that says eternal. It's the same thing we find in John uh, 3.16 that says everlasting. Forever means never ending. So when we look here at this text, it says that His mercy, His loving kindness endures forever. Now I want you to look at Psalm chapter 34 verse 8. Psalm 34 verse 8. And for those that are having difficulty, you just go back just a little bit in your Bible. Psalm 34, verse 8. And it says and reads, O oh, taste and see that the Lord is good. Blessed is the man that trustes, trusts in Him. O oh, taste and see that the Lord is good. Listen, church, if you're not sitting at a table, if you're not coming to church for some food, you're starving. He said, I want you to come to church and I want you to taste it and see that it is good. We have to be here to experience it. You know what we're doing today? We're around the dinner table. We're enjoying the fruits of the Spirit. We're enjoying the the Word of the Lord. We're enjoying the meat, the milk, the vegetables, the salad, and all the other good things that are in there. And so what he says here is, he's like, listen. I want you to taste it. I want you to see it. I want you to touch it. You know the first little thing that that babies do? They touch stuff, right? This isn't even in my message, but God has something. I know it. They touch stuff and they feel it. And if it doesn't feel and look the way it should, we don't want to taste it, right? But when you serve the Lord, sometimes things don't look as good as we think they ought to. So we run from it instead of run to it. And that is exactly what happens in our Christian life. We didn't say that it would be easy but we know that we serve the great I Am that says, listen, I am for you. I'm not against you. Listen, for there's good things about to take place. So we just saw in Psalm 34, 8. Now, we read in Romans 8:28. We know all things work together for good to them that love the Lord and are called according to His purpose. Now, Psalm 84, verse 11. Psalm 84, verse 11. It says here, For the Lord God is a sun and a shield. The Lord will give grace and glory. No good thing will he withhold from them that walk uprightly. See, hold on a minute. So, what are we experiencing here? We're experiencing the promises of God. Now, I'm telling you that there's so much to be said and not enough time, but we're going to make it all squish in here together and it's going to be better than a Big Mac (laughs) with extra sauce. But I love that in this text it says he will hold withhold no good thing from your life. And I know that's just how great our God is. He is faithful to them that serve him. And that's how good our God truly is. And I'm, I'm thinking here this morning that I want to read another part of past scripture here. I think it's James 1 17. Are you ready? Let the Holy Spirit roll. Every good gift and every perfect gift is from above and comes down from the Father of lights, with whom is no variation neither shadow of turning. No doubt, every good gift, every perfect gift, God gives to us. Isn't that awesome? So let's think about this. We're talking about the word good today. Unstoppable goodness. And we start to see in our life, just like the song, when suffering comes, we don't believe the word of God. When suffering comes, we hesitate to believe in the Word of God. Listen, I've had suffering just like you. There's nothing worse. I was at a funeral this week of a very dear friend of mine, 51 years of age, who suffered with migraines his whole life. And because of the lack of insurance, ended up getting prescriptions... Opioids, things that would take this away just so that he could function. And it took him home. Do I need to be mad at God? No, I don't need to be mad at God. Let's just stop for a minute and do this. Every perfect gift comes from God. I can't sit there and be mad. We walked away and said, He's at peace. No more suffering on this earth. Not at all. But I've had people... They'd shake their fist to God and say, why did you take my loved one? Well, because we all have an appointment. Disappointment's going to come. Why did I lose that job? Why did I have parents that acted like that? Why does my son or daughter act like that? Why was I the one that was supposed to be a part of their life? Well, because God sees something good in you. He values you, you are a child of the most High God. You have favor favor is unmerited grace, unmerited goodness. Are you following me now today 's more a little bit more of a uh, uh, i 'm going to cheer you on type message, but I hope that the Holy Spirit can convict you to come to a place in your life where you could say, "God, I need to redirect some of my thinking i 've not been where I should have been i 've been Down a journey that just has been leading me right straight to hell. But today, God, I come before you because I just read in the scriptures that everything that's perfect, that's good, comes from you. Do you believe that, church? So let's watch this here. So in Deuteronomy chapter 2, verses 1 through 3. Deuteronomy chapter 2, verses 1 through 3. Then we turned and took our journey into the wilderness by the way of the Red Sea. And as the Lord spoke unto me, and we compassed Mount Seir many days, and the Lord spake unto me, saying, You have passed, you have gone around, you have compassed this mountain long enough. Turn you northward. So, where you sit, if you said north, south, east, and west, where would be north? Up, Pastor! Thank you. So what was he telling them? Turn northward. I think there was a part of that scripture that God was trying to say something to us. Remember part of the message in the Unstoppable God series? Where your face is turned is where your focus goes. We have to be careful where our compass and GPS leads us. So here's what he's saying. Turn north. You see, the Lord was referring to the children of Israel. They had been wandering in the desert for 40 years on the way to the promised land. And what He was saying to them was, I have something better for you. Aren't you getting tired of that same old thing yet? There's something right on the other side. Go up. You'll find it. Haven't you been walking around the wilderness way too long? do you want to experience the change in scenery that I have in store for you, the promised land that's been waiting for you this whole time? You've circled this mountain long enough, now it's time for you to turn northward. Can you imagine, church, let's think about this, wandering around in circles in the desert for 40 years. That's crazy to me. That's ludicrous. 40 years, I'm 51 years old, and in my adult life, now that I just matured at the age of 50, I've got 40 years, that means I'll be 90. Did you notice how I said that? Our life is short. It's very short. They wandered for 40 years. As hard as it is to have imagined that happening, it really did happen. You see, they never sought the change that was necessary for them to experience all that God had in store for them. Instead of, I am, I can, I will, it was more like, I'm not, I can't, and I won't. Do you hear what I'm saying? The sad thing is, there are still people today, just like the children of Israel were, they're reluctant to make a change in the course of their lives, to experience all of the blessings that God has in store for them. Blessings so close that they could throw a stone and hit them. Like a strong pot of coffee brewing, they could smell it but not taste it. But he said, taste and see. The word of the Lord said, You've been in this place long enough. God said it then and still holds true today. It's time to change your circumstances. And you can. You know, because God's Word says that it's possible. Did we read that this morning? It's time to set a new course, a new plan of action. It's time to realize that a change is going to do you good. So this morning I'm going to ask you an important question. And I want you to think about this. Does anybody need a victory today in their finances? Does anybody need a victory today in their health? Does anybody need a victory today in their family? Or how about this? Do you need a victory today in your personal life? Because if you could say yes to any one of those four things, Jesus is ready to deliver whatever you have need of this morning. Because He's already been victorious over every situation that you have encountered or that you may encounter or will encounter in your life. You see, He already took care of it at the cross. Praise the Lord, God Almighty. And I'm thankful that we serve an awesome God. There is nothing, and I repeat, nothing that can stand up to what He did when He died on the cross for each and every one of us. Is anybody ready for a change in their life this morning? Is anybody sick and tired of being sick and tired? Is anybody ready to take back what the enemy has been stealing from them for far, far, far too long? And is anybody ready to stand up and proclaim, I am, I can, and I will? As you see in the first point, It says I am, but before we get there, let me just ask God to bless the next few minutes together. God, we love you and we thank you that you're the great I am. Lord, all good things comes from the Father of lights. Lord, we love you and we thank you that today that I could be transparent and vulnerable. Help me to explain what you want said. Help me to say what needs to be said. Hide me behind the cross. Don't let my opinion get in the way. But let your word go forth, may it not come back void, but may it prosper into the hearts of each and every person. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Point one, I am. I am ready to make the changes necessary in my life that the Lord wants me to do. So that I can walk in and enjoy the abundant life and good things that he has promised for me. That's so easy to say, isn't it? I am. Oh, I'm, I'm ready for it. But I'm not ready for the journey that it's going to take me on. I'm ready for it. I can say to you, Pastor, I know that I have this sickness. I know that I'm not healthy. But in reality, I just went to the doctor and the pills that he gave me make me sick. Even though he said they would make me better, I feel somewhat bitter on the inside. I'm not going to take them. Well, if you believe that he says... I am, because he says, I know I have plans for you, right? So we already saw it in Romans 8, 28. You have to claim it and believe it. In Jeremiah 29, verses 11 through 13, you've heard me say it, and I'm going to to quote it again, for I know the plans that I have for you. This is the Lord's declaration, plans for your welfare, not for disaster, To give you a future and a hope. Then he says in verse 12, You will call to me and come and pray to me and I will listen to you. You will come, pray, and I'll listen. Is that three good points? That's a great message in itself. In verse 13 he says, You will seek me and find me when you search me with your whole heart. You can't get better if you're only taking half of your prescription. He said, get into the Word. The Word of God is what cleanses us, heals us. In the beginning was the Word. The Word was with God. The Word was God, John 1.1. We have to take on the Word. We have to read the Word and breathe the Word. And we have to make it relevant to our life. And I know that some of you are probably saying, Pastor Todd, you use that Scripture a lot. Because I believe in that Scripture. I love what it says. You see, I love talking about God's plans for all of us. That's right. Did you hear what I said? For all of us, even the ones that don't feel worthy of them. Let's go a little bit farther. It says here, for I know the plans I have for you. Did you know making a plan requires a lot of thought? Especially when you're making it for someone else and their benefit and their welfare. But God's Word doesn't say plan, it says plan. Doesn't say plan, it says plans. That's plural. Think about it. Isn't that cool? He has plans for us. woo People say to me all the time, Oh, it must be nice to be you. Well, let me explain something to you. It is nice to be me. I love what God has done. He took one little tiny cleaning company and he turned it into a larger cleaning company. If you've never heard, I do own a janitorial custodial company that services commercial properties. So when I look back over it, I said, Lord, here I am. I surrender. I don't know the plan that you have for me, but you do. And it was during that time that... You know, God said, okay, here's what I'm going to do. It starts with one toilet and led into probably 500 toilets that we clean. It's glorious. There was a teenage boy who needed to spend time with his youth pastor. And that's the gentleman right here. That's Chris. And God provided a way. And he said, I have some plans for you. See, we've limited the power of God. And I'm not putting God in a box, because He took us from a deck with 27 people to a church of 5,000. Amen. Amen. Both in person and online. I just thought I'd throw that up here. Because He has plans for us. When we're limited to what God can do for us, we lose our perspective. I don't want you to lose perspective. I know just how good my God truly is. And I know that He'll take care of me. Listen, God has thought long and hard about multiple ways using multiple streams of blessings to provide you with a hope and a future. When God said He wants you to have the abundant life, He has promised He meant it. So many aren't willing to make the change in their way of thinking and just accept it as face value. God said it, and that's more than enough reasons to believe it to come to pass in anyone's life. Abundant life are God's words, not man's. Do you hear what I said? Because my God shall supply all my needs according to His riches and glory. Abundant life are God's words, not man's words. Don't be the one to cheat yourself out of what God wants to do in your life. If you're not living an abundant life, Life or the abundant life God promises, don't blame it on God. Get out of God's way and let Him start giving you all that He has for you. Do you hear what I said? Get out of God's way and let Him start giving you all that He has for you. I am. We limit the power of God. Listen, I know how faithful. My God is, and I could share stories of some things that just happened, which you will find out here in the next month or two, of God's goodness this past week. God's faithful. He's answered prayer. I've seen healings. I've seen miracles. This has been a great journey. But in the midst of that journey, it's been difficult. Because at some point, I thought I kept wandering like this. Forty days, four years, I'm like, what in the world's going on here? But God said, don't you worry about it. Abundance is coming. Where's your faith? Where's your faith? Oh, he'll, he'll, tell, he'll tell all of us, the enemy will, the accuser will tell us, you'll never make it. You won't go that far. But having an unstoppable God with unstoppable faith, with an unstoppable congregation and an unstoppable community with unstoppable friends will show God's unstoppable goodness. Yes. Amen? Amen? Because that's how God works. I'm not limited. I remember going to that car show and I saw that Lincoln Aviator. And I said, "Woo, that is beautiful. I didn't covet that car. Now, don't get me wrong. You guys know I love cars. You know I love, I I just love cars. I love car shows. I love, I just love it. And, uh, but I don't covet it. It's not my idol. And I love, but I've been fearful to say things to people because... You can't have that. You're a preacher. You have to live a lowly, pauper life. Well, then if that's the case, then I don't believe anything that the Word of God has to say. I mean, that Lincoln Aviator, I mean, even in the good and in the bad, it was so good when I was cruising at 90 miles an hour in Georgia, (laughs) and those airbags were just sailing. I thought I was doing 60 till I saw Christmas in March. When I got pulled over, I didn't blame the cop. I didn't blame the car. I took it upon myself to say, yes, I was speeding. You see, it's not the car's fault. It's my fault. It's our fault when we don't allow God to bless us abundantly. And he wants to do that for us. So we saw the I am and number two is I can. I can The Bible says in Philippians 4.13, I can do all things through Christ who gives me strength, who strengthens me. Whatever I have, wherever I am, I can make it through anything. The one who makes me who I am. People can do and are capable of a lot of things. God made a marvelous creation when He made mankind and when He created mankind. After all, The Bible says we are created in His image. Why is it then that people are capable of so many different things? We can put a man on the moon. We can accept and are willing to try new inventions and medicines on another man's report. But when it comes to the things of God and what He wants to do for us, the word can suddenly has a T-tact on the end of it and becomes can't with a capital C. Is anyone... Who is here this morning who is tired of being trapped by the word can't Maybe your friends have told you you can't do it. Maybe your friends have told you you can't do it Maybe your co-workers have told you you can't do it. Well, jesus never used the word can't the word wasn't part of his vocabulary He was a can-do type of guy And we could be the same because god's word says we can We could do all things through Christ. That means everything we do with Jesus involved in the details, we can accomplish. Because the Word of God says we can. You see, because when we depend on Jesus and His finished work instead of ourselves, that's when and only when it becomes possible. These are the truths that that have the promise of God behind them. Truths that the accuser has stolen for long enough from God's people. Truths need to be reclaimed. You see, these truths need to be reclaimed. I am, I can, and third, and I will. Bless you. All together. Okay, amen. I will be faithful to the calling. Now listen closely. I will be faithful to the calling that God has called me to. Everyone that is a Christian has a job to do. Now here's where the rubber meets the road. Here's where we get serious. Because in 1 Corinthians chapter 12, verses 27 and 28. Now you are the body of Christ. Even though you're members individually, you're still the body of Christ. And God has appointed these in the church, first apostles, second prophets, third teachers. After that, miracles, then gifts of healing, helps, administrations, varieties of tongues, and unknown languages. There is so much to be done for the kingdom of God and so few willing to get involved. Isn't that true? Isaiah chapter 6 verse 8 says, Also I heard the voice of the Lord saying, Whom shall I send and who will go for us? Then said, Here am I. Send me. Here am I. Use me. And here, God is looking for men and women today who will stand up and say, I will. I will. And I will do whatever needs to be done to further the cause of Christ. I will be what Jesus wants me to be. I will go where He wants me to go. God is looking for someone willing to step out of the box of normalcy someone that's ready for him to do a new thing in their life. Can I ask this church a question? Is anybody fed up with your present situation and the way things have been going in your life? Are you fed up with a present situation in our world? Are you fed up with your present situation in your family? I'm going to give you some great advice. It's two words with an exclamation point. Change it. Change it. You say yes, but you don't understand what it would take to make the changes in my life that need to be made. Maybe not, but I know someone who does. I know the master of the wind. I know the master of the sea. I know the master of all possibilities. The one who is in the life-changing business. His name is Jesus. Praise God. God said, you've circled the mountain long enough. It's time to go on through it. It's time to go up. It's time to get past it. Now here's where I want the church to really listen closely. I know somebody here needs to do a U-turn in their life this morning. And the good news is this. God is able and wants to help you in your hour of need. And the book, this Bible, is stories of amazing turnarounds from Genesis to Revelations we see God turning things around for his people one of the best scenarios in the Bible is in the book of Ezekiel chapter 37 the valley of dry bones it looked hopeless here it looked impossible beyond the point of no return but I want you to listen closely to the story says in Ezekiel 37, God grabbed me. God's Spirit took me up and set me down in the middle of an open plain field strewn with bones. He led me around and among them a lot of bones. Dry bones. There were bones all over the plain. These dry bones bleached by the sun. He said to me, Son of man, can these bones live? And I said, Master God, only You know that. Verse 4, He said to me, Prophesy over these bones. Dry bones, listen to the message of God. God the Master told the dry bones, Watch this. I'm bringing the breath of life to you and you'll come to life. I'll attach the news to you. Put meat on your bones. Cover you with skin. And breathe life into you. You'll come alive and you'll realize that I am God. I prophesied just as I'd been commanded. And as I prophesied, there was a sound and Oh, a rustling that started to take place. The bones moved and came together, bone to bone. I kept watching. And as the muscles and the tissues formed, the muscles on the bones and skin stretched over them. But they had no breath in them. He said to me, prophesy to the breath. Prophesy, Son of Man. Tell the breath, God, the Master says, come from the four winds. Come, breath. Breathe on these slain bodies. Breathe life. So I prophesied just as He commanded me. The breath entered them and they came alive. They stood up on their feet. A huge army. Do you see here, we serve a God of endless possibilities. If He can breathe life into dry bones, He can take care of your situation. If you ask Him to, nothing is too hard for Him. There's no situation He cannot turn around. He is always working on our behalf to turn things around for us. He is always and will always work all things together for good to those that love Him. Is anybody ready to step out of your old life and into the new one God has waiting for you? There's something that I know may not sound proper coming from the pulpit. But I want want you to see here that I call it BS. And it takes a bunch of BS to form a community of God. We need bones. We need breath. We need structure. And we need the spirit. What's your need this morning? Do you hear me? That's what took place over those dry bones. They needed bones, breath. They needed structure, and more importantly, they needed the Holy Spirit in their life. Whatever God is doing to you this morning, or however He's speaking to you, God has the capabilities to do it with ease. Here's what He says in Isaiah. In chapter 43 it says, Do not remember the former things, nor consider the things of old. Behold, I will do a new thing. Now it shall spring forth, shall you not know it. I will even make a road in the wilderness and rivers in the desert. Can you imagine a river in the desert? But God can. You see, a lot of people believe God can turn any situation around for anyone, but they have a problem when it's them that needs the turning around done in their life. The scripture tells us that God is doing something fresh and new. But listen, church, but here is the condition and requirement for receiving the new it is to let go of the old. To receive the new, you must let go of the old. And it reminds me about the story of the, the cripple at the pool of Bethesda the place of blessing, the place of unstoppable goodness. No doubt he had seen many people get their healing. And I'm sure that this crippled man and this lame, so many people get their deliverance. And he saw that they got their breakthrough. And repeatedly the devil taunted him and tormented him and told him, you're never going to get your miracle. It's been 38 years, give up already. Why even bother even trying? But here's what took place. You see, the water didn't just stir, but the one who could make it stir stood in front of him. Do you know what Jesus did? He didn't bring up any of the negative garbage in his life or the lies that the devil had spun in his heart and in his mind. He just asked him one question Do you want to be healed? Do you want to be healed? At that moment, there wasn't enough disease in the world to keep him sick any longer. The only one who could keep him from his blessing was himself. And I tell you the same thing here this morning. The only one who can keep you from your blessing is you. The only one that can keep you from your blessing is you. Do you hear what I'm saying? God stands ready to bless you. He wants to bless you. The Bible says he loves to bless his children. It gives him great pleasure. And Jesus has already done everything that could be done for us to receive his Father's blessings. He's already paid our ransom for our sins with his blood. He's already provided for our healing with his body. And he's willing to give us access to everything he has done and and will do for us. But church, listen, the rest is up to you. The rest is up to us. We're the most blessed people on earth because of it. That's why God's word says we can be the head and not the tail. There's nothing that we will ever come up against in this life that he has not provided for. He has abundantly provided he is a God of more than enough, not a God of barely enough. When you stop and think about it, He could not have made it any easier for us. And so the solution to all of our lives' problems have always been their waiting. Just waiting for us to step into them and use them. So listen closely to this old song. I asked my dear Savior what He had purchased for me when on Calvary He died. For all my past and all my problems, He just said that He'd provide. Every need supplied, every need supplied. Healing, cleansing, sweet peace inside. Every need He'd supply. If I had to name the greatest blessing He's given, how would I decide? For after He saved me, I just have to say, every need. He's supplied. Why wait any longer? Start walking in all that God has given you. Start enjoying everything that Jesus died for to make the possible and abundant life that God has promised you. And soon you'll see God's goodness. And soon you'll be shouting from the rooftop. I am able. I am able because I can do all things. I can do all things. And last, I will be found faithful. Do you believe it? And do you receive it today? I'm going to take the next five minutes and I'm going to be transparent with you. I was a little boy, just probably preteen. And I remember praying and I would pray things like this. God, I don't know who my wife is. I don't know who she is. I don't know what her influence is going to be in my life. But God, give me a wife. I don't know if I was probably, well, one, I was the youngest of six. And I'm the second born of the next four. How did you like I said that? You like that, Deanna? Because she's the youngest on the other end. Anyhow... I asked ask God to do something. So at 12 years of age, I started praying for a wife. And I walked into a church at 15 years of age. And there was this gorgeous, beautiful woman with beautiful hair who kept turning around staring. And, and you've heard the story. I looked behind me to see if she was looking behind me because who would want some tall pencil head <laughs> goon with big glasses, right? But here's what took place. I needed the Holy Spirit to stir within her heart. And he brought us together. So we were 15, 16, 17, 18, 19, 20, 21, 22. We got married. And we're here today. That's just that part of our life. You've heard me surrender to preach and live a faith-filled life. I knew that at the church we were at, they couldn't afford a youth pastor. They had one before us that was on staff. But people had left and there was a church split yet uh i knew that they needed so we went by faith because it says my god shall supply all my needs according to his riches and glory and i didn't realize just how blessed it would be to have a cleaning company that would provide but yet my wife would be by my side to be able to clean and to go out with me and to face the unknown like no other man has ever journeyed before So we did it together. I remember the one day I told her as we were just freshly newly married, I said, you know, I believe God's calling me into youth ministry. And even though I had surrendered, I didn't know really what ministry looked like. And so she and I, uh, we surrendered to, to both. And it was difficult. Becky had a very difficult upbringing in church. There was a difference. There was legalism versus Liberty. And so she never really experienced liberty. She only experienced that law, the harsh, the the ridicule, the the looks, the dress code. All these laws and legalism that took place, that's what she went through. And so it was very difficult for her to surrender to say, I really want to do this. And yet we both surrendered. We started doing it. And then God spoke to me about starting a cleaning company. We, we started a cleaning company and I was still working full-time. Tracy and Becky went out together and we all kind of worked together and we've been working together all these years, 26 or 27 years we've been doing this. My pastor told me, even no matter where your church goes or whatever you do, still keep cleaning and it keeps me humble. And I love it, but what it's done is it's provided a living for my kids. It's provided a living for our family. It's provided a living not just for the Tackett husband and wife that started that many years ago. It has for our children and for other people. And it's been a great outreach for us. I used to tell Chris all the time, you want to go cleaning? I mean, you want some counsel? What are you doing? Yeah, I need to talk to you. I said, well, there's a cost to everything. You can get me for child labor, but we did it. Anyhow, he went and came and worked as a teenager, and we we worked side-by-side, and uh, Pastor Luke has also cleaned as well, so we've we've been uh, out there together, you know, doing this, and other people that are in this room have experienced it as well. I'm going to say something to you. I didn't know that back then that I would be a youth pastor at three different churches, and I didn't know that God would spark within my spirit to start a church. But I do know that my God is faithful and His unstoppable goodness is there, but I had to do my part. There were times I was tired, and the kids would say, can we all have pizza tonight? And if all the youth were there, yes, in some of these companies, we did take in 15 to 20 youth. Yes, it sometimes was a little bit chaotic, but it was fun, and we all had a great time together. It was fellowship, we got together, we prayed together, we sang together, we rode together. I mean, it was just, it was a great time, wasn't it? And, you know, when you look back in those days, I couldn't do it without the Holy Spirit of God. I've been ridiculed, and I've been put down for the material things that we have. Now, this is difficult for me, and I believe this is the first time that I'm ever bringing this up, or I have ever brought it up to this congregation. That I've worked hard for 27 years. But I learned something as I was sitting at my camper last evening with the fire going, that God spoke to me and said, Don't you ever be ashamed of the provision that I've given you. Don't you let somebody put you down for how I've provided for you. You oftentimes, Todd, will hide things because people put you down. I can't help that the accuser is out to accuse me, but I've made payments just like you have on your cars. I've done the same thing. On your house, I've done the same thing. The things that we have and all it is is things. I came in this world with nothing and I will leave with nothing. But I, I knew I had an obligation and responsibility to my wife. And that was to take care of her. And so I would preach all the time. And this is where I believe, this is where I, the Holy Spirit started speaking to me. And this is not a prosperity message, but it is. Because I believe that there's unstoppable goodness when it comes to God. I know He'll provide for us. He has done things that I could not even begin to even imagine. Right down to electric bills, phone bills, everything. When we laid our hands on Him and prayed over Him, I knew I was in the center of God's will. Because when I went and cleaned carpets or whatever I did, it was just a means to say, here I am, send me, I'll go. What are you afraid of? What are you afraid of, church? So I will tell you, because I'm just going to let the cat out of the bag. I bought a yellow Corvette. And now, if this is the first time you're here, I'm not bragging about that. I've loved cars since I was a little boy. And I bought it a month ago, but do you know I kept it hid? Because I was afraid. It was a negative part, ladies, you'll love this, it was a negative part of shame. That was the accuser telling me, you can't have that. You can't live like that. Because look what those people will say about you. Well, church, I do work for a living just like you. Now, we have a choice. Do we let the world know that we serve a God that's not enough? Or do we serve a God that says you're more than enough? I surrender to preach not because I came to get I came to give, and I love giving. I love serving the Lord, but I just had to let everybody know in this congregation what I did because, you know, even this morning I had it at the campground, and I drove it home, and it's in the garage. wouldn't drive it here because somebody might say something. But if you're an officer, and you tell her at this church, you know I love to give. I'm not selfish. And I'm not saying this in a bragging way, but I'm, I'm sick and tired of the accuser, of the enemy telling me, that we can't be blessed anymore. I rejoice when you guys buy new homes. And I rejoice when God shows Himself real. I rejoice when I start to see your health, you know, get better. I rejoice when you pull in your brand new spanking beautiful truck. I rejoice when when good things are happening in your life because we serve a God that's unstoppable. And we can't... Now, I'm going to say this to you. We are not limited because of, of what the accuser has to say. You're not limited. You'll love this, Trish. Listen, ladies. I don't care what addiction you have. We serve an unstoppable God that will heal you. Amen? Amen? You all believe that? Praise God. I don't care what hurt, hang-up, or habit you have. God is willing to deliver you from that. You have to get to the end of yourself, get to the beginning of God. Old things are passed away. Behold, all things become new. And we serve a God that is not limited to your family situation. The Holy Spirit wants to deliver you from the stronghold that's in your life. Ryan, you're free today in the name of Jesus. You no longer have to live a life where the enemy has accused us that we can't make it because, you know what, what are people going to say? You'll always be a loser. Well, that's not what the Holy Scriptures have to say. He said, I'm on the winning side. Because today we heard it in the Scripture that says, I can do all things through Christ. I can't do it in Todd. I can only do it with God. We cannot build a church We cannot build the kingdom of heaven if we don't have the power of God. I am blessed. So I was, I was, I know I'm a little bit over time, but I'm going to share this with you. Because the rapture might come tonight. But I got on Facebook, and have you guys ever seen, uh, like, the ads that, they're consultants. And there's always pictures of them. Hello. I'm John, and I can help your company out. And I thought to myself, they're selling them. They're selling them. But let's sell Him. Isn't that what's great? I say, what's your God story? You're sitting here because you went through surgery. God gave you another day. God gave you life, Melissa. That's how good our God is. He sees things we cannot. His provisions are so good. And so He wants to deliver us. He wants to free us. He wants us to have a breakthrough. And He wants us to have a breakup with the accuser that we've been bowing our knee to. We have to be free. We must live a life of victory. And we have to give it to God in order to believe and say, God, You are the God that provides. You are unstoppable. We have this church, and you're a part of this church. Get off your time. Get off your own self-centered pride. Get off whatever it is you're, you're piling up. Get off of it. Let go and let God. I let go 16 years ago when I was in that place and I got on my hands and knees and said, God, if I'm supposed to start a church, because the accuser kept telling me, oh, watch you. You know what everybody's going to say about you, don't you? you 'll never make it you 'll never amount to anything you'll pro- You know what? That church won't make it three days, three months, six months. But I got up from that floor and I said, Oh, you listen to me, you accuser. I'm a winner. I'm not a whiner. I'm a victor. I'm not a victim. And I'm a child of the Most High God. And I'm here to tell you today that no matter what happens, if I serve Him for a day or if I serve Him for 40 years, I'm going northward. I'm not going around that mountain for 40 years wasting my time. I'll do it for as long as you see fit. God is good. God is good. And all the time, God is good. What you are not changing, you are choosing. What you are not changing, you are choosing. What do you choose today? Let's stand as we pray together. Father, we love you and we thank you that, Lord, today, Lord, we realize that we don't have to live a life of shame, that, God, you provide, that you take care of us, that you look out for us, God, we sing songs that no matter the pain, the suffering, the hurting, that God, You are so good. Why do we sing it but we don't believe it? When was the last time that we went and laid it at the altar and said, God, this is, this is what I'm going through, but I believe You're going to make a way. Lord, increase our faith. Help us, God. Deliver us, God. Lord, we can't do it without Your Spirit. We need the Holy Spirit to stir within our hearts and in our lives. God, change our hearts, O oh God. Let us be like you in all of your ways. God, we love you. And today we surrender our will to you. Here I am, Lord. Use me. Here I am, Lord. Send me. Here I am, Lord. Sometimes I feel like I can't. But more than not, Lord, for many in this room, we say we won't. But today, Lord, we have that can-do spirit. And we will accomplish what you called us to do. Lord, we're tired of of going around that mountain 40 years. Lord, we want to see provision. We want to see the glory of the Lord in this place. For this is the air we breathe. You are the life we live. So God, give this community more power, more unction to do your will. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.